Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. There's so much out there that many of us don't realize, and sometimes what's out there is something that was in our past, in our history. And I'm talking about your health and herbs, natural herbs are getting so much more popular now. And this is stuff that goes back centuries, but people are gravitating in that direction to stay healthy, feel better, have more energy instead of taking medication. Even herbal supplements can make you feel so much better. Today, we're going to learn more about those. And she is a master herbalist and board certified naturopath. And she's somebody that definitely gives you a custom approach to all of this. There's a lot of information we need to know, and Amy Willis has it, and she's back with us. Hi, Amy. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Glad to be here, Steve. It's good to have you back here. And this is something that has changed your life when it comes to herbs. Uh, how did the journey for you be- to begin to become an herbalist? It's such a unique uh, niche to be in. Well, thank you for having me. Um, it all started when I was just a little girl. I was, you know, I always wanted to be a nurse. And I even, um, my mom made me this little nurse outfit when I was um, like five years old. And so that, that desire developed. And then when I was a young teenager, I decided I could do more help by being a doctor. So I gravitated in that direction. Um, now, my parents were missionaries to Japan, so I grew up over there. And we didn't have a lot of material to study, but um, uh, they did have like an old medical dictionary. And so I started... When I was around 14, started reading that. And it it used old time, the skill of symptomatic diagnosis without modern high tech. And so by the time we were coming back to America for a furlough at the age of 15, I could basically look at people and tell what their physical problem was. Because um, back there in Japan at that time, they didn't really have a lot of, um, you know, the Western diet wasn't that much of an influence. And so most Japanese were you know, slim, even now there's a lot of them, most of them are slim, it's straight teeth, no acne, and not much visual manifestation of the deterioration of health. Um, even now, Jap- Japan, um, there's a country where a lot of people live for, live long. So anyway, then during my late, late teens, my study of medicine took a turn into natural health, and I started reading the book called Back to Eden by um, Dr. Jethro Kloss. And it was a real inspiration to me, um, and I was starting to realize the fallacies of modern medicine and using drugs and, and so forth instead of a natural approach. And so I was thrilled to learn from someone who actually used nat- natural methods to heal people. So that was around 30 years ago, and since then I you know, enjoyed using natural healing on myself and my family. Um, I would often wildcraft herbs, make tinctures, teas, and other homemade remedies. Um, Then in 2011, uh, I turned my hobby into a business and started Herbs For You. So I mainly started selling herbs and herbal mixes, and interest was really great. And so I I decided, you know, I needed to become a certified herbalist. And so I researched researched different options, and I enrolled in the School of Natural Healing in 2012. And this is the oldest natural... um, Otis Herbalist School in the United States. It was founded by Dr. John Christopher. And so I finished there uh, with a, as a Master Herbalist in 2014. And then after that, I went on um, and got certified as a naturopath in 
2020 by the American Natural Medical Association. Wow. What a journey. Um, at what point, Amy, did you realize, okay, herbs are the way to go? Was it a, in terms of your health, did you feel a certain way? What was that? What was the turning point? Uh, good question. You know, I wouldn't say there was a big turning point. Uh, well, I guess the biggest turning point was reading that book, Back to Eden by Jethro Kloss. Mm. You know, that just totally opened my eyes. But, you know, from the beginning, I never really got into the, the, the drug and so forth. Because, like I mentioned, this old uh, medical book that I studied was more on the natural side, okay? And, you know, we don't really understand in America, we don't understand that our heritage in Western herbalism is huge. A lot of the doctors back in before the, before the 1900s were herbalists. It wasn't until 19, around 1911 when um, doctors became licensed. Before that, they, they went to their schools, they studied, they got their degree. They put the degree out, and then they started practicing. Once they got licensed, then, you know, there was more state control. And so, so before, basically before 1911, a lot of the doctors were herbalist doctors in America. I used to, when I was young, maybe 11, 12, I found these tin cans um, old, from old um, American pharmacists, and they were a mixture of herbs. Okay. That's the medicine that we use here in America. But after they took over, in, um, slowly, it took a while for the allopathic to take, take over, um, the herbalist schools were closed see, because they weren't teaching according to the standard that the allopath. I, I got uh, a point of interest that I'd like to mention, if that's okay. No, please do. So uh, the, the word crack, the origin of the word crack has an a interesting origin. So back in the time when, so there were the herbalist doctors and then there were the allopathic, you know, more medical type doctors. And um, people tended to go to the herbalist doctors more. Well, the allopathic doctors, they used quicksilver was one of the things, which was um, mercury. And so they, they were called, you know, quicksilver turned into quack. So it was actually the allopathic type of doctors that people were calling quack. Was it what we know it to be today? Uh, I'm sorry, what do you mean by that? Did you, did you know, spell that, that word? Did you say crack? Uh, quack, you know, Q-U-A-C. Oh, oh, so a quack. <laughs> In terms of, a, are we talking about a term of, a, you know, a doctor, somebody calls a doctor a quack? Right. Oh, okay, gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So the origination so, of that then was what? Allopathic medical doctors. Wow, okay. Because they were using quicksilver and a lot of purgatives and people, you know, and then they were also doing the bloodletting, you know, um, and mm. and people were a hard time with that. They didn't like it. You know, the the part that blows me away here when we talk about herbal medicine and natural healing is people gravitate now toward modern medicine uh, prescribed by a doctor. And we just feel, oh, it's coming from a doctor. It's got to be good. Well, maybe it's not the best choice, but many, many of us don't realize that a lot of that medicine that we're using today originated with plants, right? Correct. It's almost as if why, why change what was was going on back in the day? Because that's how people healed. 
uh, and just gravitate back toward that. I want to ask you, uh, Amy, with everything that you do as a master herbalist, and there is a place for for modern medicine, of course, um, at this point in your life, do you or do you have to take any regular traditional medicine? You mean myself personally? Yeah, you personally. No, no, of course not. Wow, There's then there you go. Herbs, so many herbs out there that, that will give us um, help. Why do you think that more people don't look at herbs as the solution to their challenges? Um, I think, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a hard question. Um, because people, you know, not everybody thinks the same. So I think there's a variety of answers to that. I think one would be a lack of knowledge, for sure. Um, the other would be how herbs and herbalism come across. They come across like um, that's Asian, you know, that's Asian herbs and Chinese herbs, and that's not us. We're Western. We use, you know, um drug medicine, you know. So I, I think the number one reason would be lack of knowledge. People don't know the history. The, the, we have a rich, rich history in herbs, um, Western herbalism. Um, that would probably be the number one reason. But then, of course, there can be other reasons, too, that people don't. You know, I think part of it would be fear. They don't fear it's gonna, think it's going to work. Um, another would be some of the, you know, scare tactics of, like it's not going to work when you take your drug, you become dependent on it. So you can have a reaction, take herbs, and doctors don't understand how herbs work, so doctors can warn people against it, and that can cause fear. Do you feel that the aversion to herbal medicine is because we've gravitated toward doctors, and we and there's many great ones out there, but we put them on a pedestal, and we just say, whatever they say, you know, they're the expert, whatever they say. And now we don't look at any other uh, solution because now we're, we're, we've been conditioned to just go by what the doctor says. Yes, that can be a big one. I do believe right now there's a, there's a huge change in that thinking. I agree with you. Yeah, I think we're, 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 our thinking is we're thinking it <laughs> a little deeper and maybe sometimes getting a second opinion or taking more control uh, over our, our health, you know, instead of just whatever somebody says, just go with that. Uh, I think we're questioning it, which we should. It's a, it's a, um, it's important. And, and by the way, many of us, I believe, forget that medicine is business. Your, your doctor is business, you know, it goes through the insurance and, you know, whatever premium you're paying or if it's included with work or whatever it is, we just take it for granted and say, well, you know what, that's my insurance and the doctor's taking care of it. I, I feel if we, every single doctor visit, we took a big chunk of change out of our pocket and paid like we do for a car or something else, we'd rethink it. <laughs> we'd have a different view of it. I don't know. Does that make sense? Would you agree? Yes, definitely. Definitely. There's a lot of um, things attached to what's going on and the monopoly that the medical system has. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just, I, I believe it's it, it. It's our conditioning. How about we, we started, uh, Amy, last time we got together talking about root causes. Uh, can we go back to that? Maybe find some other ones uh, to explore? Sure. So, so the first area, you know, cause what I do here is we, we don't just deal with the symptoms. We go and dig a little deeper and get to the root and, um, Everyone knows, like even with weeds, if you can pull weeds 
all the time, but unless you pull the root out, it's going to come back. Yep. So this is one of the reasons why people are gravitating towards herbs and um, natural healing is because they're not getting results taking the drugs. They're not, their problem keeps on coming back or they have to stay on a drug. Healing is not happening for a lot of, a lot of the, in a lot of the situations. Um, so going back to the root cause issues, so the first thing you want to do is you want to look at um, the triad of health. So there's what's called a triad of health, which has three sides to it, and all practitioners are divided into one of these, okay? So it's structural, biochemical, and mental-emotional. So this is the three parts of total health, okay? So if you look at biochemical, that would be everything that would make up our chemical composition. So that would be food, whether it's health food or junk food, uh, what we drink, drugs, herbs, supplements, uh, and so forth, vitamins. All of that makes up our the biochemical side. And in that would be the medical doctors, the nurses, um, herbalists, naturopaths, um, those would all be in, and pharmacists would be in that category. Then the other side would be the structural. So that would be, you know, broken bones, misalignments, um, concussions, so forth. And on, on that side, the practitioners would be the chiropractors, massage therapists, physical therapists, and so forth. And then the other side would be the mental-emotional, so our thoughts, feelings, stress, um, beliefs, and so forth. Um, and then the practitioners there would be counselors, psychologists. And then there's a lot of techniques on that side. And that does affect our health in a great way. So these are the three areas that you want to look at um, to find out, you know, the problem, the symptom that you're having, what, where is its origin. Now, each of these can hurt the other or help the other, okay? Um, so I, I'll give a little example here. Like, let's say a person has a headache. Well, it could be coming from a drug that they're taking or it could be coming from a food that they um, are allergic to. Okay, that would be the biochemical side. Or they have a headache because you know, they got a whiplash or they got their head bumped. That would be the structural side. Or their headache is from some stress or tension going on, and that would be the emotional, mental. So the symptom is the same, but the cause is different. So that's just a simple example, but that, that's what we're looking at here, okay? Now, I mainly practice on the biochemical, and then I do a little bit of the mental-emotional. So I'm going to speak from the biochemical perspective, okay? In, in that category, from my studies and from my practice, what I found, there's five main root causes for 70 to 90% of all this. Okay? So this is really important to know. It's um, bacteria, virus, parasite, yeast, toxins, and heavy metals. Okay, so these are the root. So if these are not addressed, then it keeps on coming back. Wow. Okay? And I'm talking, I'm talking about okay, 70 to 90 percent, okay, of all disease. So I'm talking about cancer, heart disease, diabetes, um, digestive issues, you know, all kinds. But it's really, you know, I'm simplifying health, okay, because uh, we don't have to make health uh, so complicated that the average person can't figure it out. You know, health can be simple. Vitality can be simple. And all of these things we need to address or it's coming back. And can there be, let's say somebody's challenge uh, involves bacteria. Can there be other uh, root causes connected to that as well? Um, usually most people who come 
they have all of these. You know, they, they'll have problems with bacteria and virus and yeast and parasites and toxins and heavy metals. They'll have a li- at least a little bit of all of these, and then maybe one or two are the main. Because um, what happens is we get this in our body, uh, and then our immune system suppresses it. So our immune system is working, and, mm. you know, so we, we feel okay, or we feel like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s, so I'm just getting older. This is the way it's supposed to be. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. We're, we're creatures of habit. So when you start feeling a certain way in the beginning, it's like, oh, well, you know, this is, this is challenging. And then a month goes by, and, and you just adapt to it. But that's not the way it has to be. Correct. Hmm. Your, how does your knowledge of um, anatomy and systems within the body, it's got to run deep for you to understand how to apply herbal medicine to uh, help somebody with um, you know, challenges that they're going through. Right, yeah. We did study a good amount of that in my course. Um, it was a three-year course, and so they, they had to study on anatomy. But I'll tell you what, you know... It, just like in the olden, olden days, we call it a practice. Okay, so the best learning that I have ever received is through my clients, mm. right? through them. They are the best teacher because, you know, you listen to them. You listen to what they're saying and how they're, you know, experiencing their problems. And then, then I do what's called muscle testing, and then we find out different stuff, and then we try that, and then we see how they're doing. Okay, so... That's why, you know, what healing is called a practice, and we keep on practicing and practicing, and then we get better, and we get better, and we get better. Um, because, and the only way we can really get better is if we listen to our clients or for those who would call them patients, okay? We have to listen to them and, and learn from it, um, and then we can really get better at what we do. Because people are different, and how they experience um, their problem often is different. When you say their problem is often different, how do you mean? Okay, so here I have somebody, and they come in, they, their blood pressure went up. Okay, and now they got a blood pressure problem. And, and, you know, they don't know why, and they're doing everything that they need to do, and they're taking even their herbal to help their blood pressure go down. Um, and then we have to go through and talk about, you know, what changed and what happened, and it's not the same reason. They've been, they're not getting blood pressure problems for the same reason as other people. And so we dig a little deeper and we find out it's because of a tooth. They had a tooth extracted. And what? for whatever, yes, yep, I know, it's strange. <laughs> so whatever <sighs> reason, that caused their blood pressure to go up, okay? Um, so you've got to do, you gotta do digging um, to find out the real causes for the problem. Wow. <laughs> it's almost as if, uh, Amy, you're a, uh, uh, a CSI investigator, you know? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that, to tell you the truth. I love it, though. Yeah, yeah. You're presented with a challenge, and you have to piece together all the parts, try to put them together, and maybe come up with a reasonable answer. Um, and I could see how that could be fun, <laughs> you know, in some yeah. ways. You know, just, you know, the challenge, but on the back end, in your heart, you know that you're helping people, so that's got to feel really good. Yeah, it does. Mm. I, I truly love what I do. And then I get to see the results, that people get better. And So I lose a lot of clients because they get better and then they don't need me anymore. Well, I guess so, it, uh, good thing and bad thing, right? Right. So 
So, but then that way I can help more people because I'm not continually seeing, you know, the same clients all the time. Right. And uh, I think invariably people, um, yeah, when things come up, crop up again, they'll call upon you, you know, for a natural cure, if you will, as opposed to making a phone call, going to the doctor, getting medicine. Uh, I am the first one to tell you here. I don't want to take any meds and I don't, I just got pre- prescribed one for something. Uh, it seems reasonable. I'm sure there's an herbal remedy <laughs> to get around it. I don't take even, I don't even take aspirin unless I absolutely have to. I, th- I don't think I've taken anything for pain relief in, I don't know, 20 years. Um, yeah, I try to stay away from all of that. Yeah, that's great. That's, you know, drugs are not made to heal. Drugs are made really to take care of a symptom. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's basic masking uh, what's going on there. If somebody wants to work with you, Amy, how does it work? Do they reach out to you, tell tell you what uh, is going on in their lives, and, and uh, you start there? Right. So I do, of course, people come here, you know, and then we do um, donical medicine consultation. But I also do it over the phone. So people can call, setting up an appointment. And, yeah, that's, that's usually the way or, you know, contact us to online. And is it as simple? Well, I don't want to say simple, but does it start with somebody says, Hey, Amy, I'm dealing with, um, let's say digestive issues and here's my history. Um, is that, is that I have a consult begins and then where do you go from there? Do you also need, would you even look at blood tests to see, you know, to help you out with that? Um, usually if people, uh, do blood tests, sometimes they're bringing it to me, but I really don't need that. Um, for people who come to the place, I do the muscle testing. Of course, I have them fill out um, a questionnaire. People who are, you know, out of state, then they will fill out a questionnaire. That's going to help me know more about their condition. So we don't really have to do blood tests. Some people mm-hmm. like to do it, and so sometimes I'll look at it. But we just, you know, go from ground one sure. because I already know um, what's causing the problem. And the muscle testing, I've tried to do it myself, on myself, um, mixed results, let's just call it that. Um, can you do it on yourself and, and, and get a baseline? Yes, yeah. So it does take uh, time and work to learn it. It's, it's a skill, um, but it can be subjective, so there's a lot of components to that. I do teach classes on that. I have, I mean, classes on Classes on, on muscle testing alone? Right, how to how to muscle test. Oh wow. Okay. Interesting. How do we find you, Amy? Uh, you can call. The number is six zero five two five four one four three seven or visit our website at herbs the number four U dot O R G. Got it. And when we say you we mean Y O U. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Herbs number four. You.org. Amy, great talking with you today. I appreciate all the insight, the background on something that's been around for centuries and uh, continues because we're still talking about it today in 2023. And uh, look forward next time we get together. Yes, thank you very much. Good thank you. You too. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. 
I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.